Welcome to the Not Old Better Show Art of Living author interview series on radio and podcast. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's episode is brought to you by Harry's, created for a different shaving experience. Check out harrys.com slash N-O-B for a great offer today. We are just about to Valentine's Day. Of course, Valentine's Day is a holiday for lovers everywhere. We have a special program about lovers, affairs of the heart, and passion. Yep, that's right, passion and affairs that make or break us. Thank you so much for listening. We have got a great guest today with journalist, author, and researcher who, after reading her new book, A Passion for More, Affairs That Make Us or Break Us, I've been looking forward to speaking with Susan Shapiro Barish for a while. I'll introduce her in just a moment. But quickly, if you missed any episodes last week, it was our 694th episode when I spoke to author Dr. Danielle Claude about her new book, Koalas, A Natural History and an Uncertain Future. Two weeks ago, I spoke with author and Ironman winner, 86-year-old Dr. Ruth Heydrich, about her new book, Breast Implant Illness, BII, What to Know and How to Treat. Wonderful, important subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you miss those shows along with any others, you can go back and check them out with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. Our guest today is leading, world-renowned gender expert and best-selling author, Susan shapiro Barish, who will tell us today about her three decades of research on women and infidelity in her new book, A Passion for More, in our Valentine's Day episode here on the Not Old Better Show. All year long, and not just on Valentine's Day, women today are exploring their romantic needs with a striking absence of guilt. There is an exponential rise in female infidelity, according to our guest today, best-selling gender expert Susan Shapiro-Barish, in her revealing, updated investigation, A Passion for More, Affairs That Make or Break Us. Susan Shapiro-Barish will tell us today about her intimate and trailblazing look at the reasons women in monogamous relationships and marriages take a lover and how they balance the emotional and physical aspects of these trysts. What woman pledges her fidelity while envisioning her first affair? Female infidelity is disruptive and for millennia has been the source of myths, feuds, and legends. It's a theme in literature from Anna Karenina to Madame Bovary to The Awakening and considered newsworthy from Princess Diana to Kristen Stewart to Meg Ryan. The idea that a woman in a monogamous relationship would take a lover has been contrary to our core values. Today, as in the past, we are raised as good girls, and allegiance to one's husband or partner is a given. In the third decade of the 21st century, the romanticism of unending commitment remains widespread. Such a promise is coveted. This goes hand in hand with the assumption that to be a wife or a lifelong partner is a goal. These beliefs are filtered through our collective consciousness and cultural expectations. That, of course, is our guest today, author, journalist, and researcher Susan Shapiro-Barish, reading from her new book, A Passion for More, Affairs That Make or Break Us. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, Susan Shapiro-Barish. Susan Shapiro-Barish, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. 
I'm happy to talk to you about this subject too. Hope your day is going well, and uh, everybody uh, in in your side of the world is all good too. You've written this wonderful new book, and I want to get into it, A Passion for More, Affairs That Make or Break Us. The book is great. It's getting great reviews. Um, I appreciate you sharing it with me. I am excited to talk to you about it. The book is an update to some original uh, to some original research that, that you did in 1991. What's changed about this subject since you first right. studied it? I mean, why this book now? Yeah. So I began this research when I was a very young writer, and I was intrigued by the whisperings of women on a commuter train at a luncheon for a friend where friends were speaking of friends who were embarking on an affair. And I wanted to know how far-reaching this was, and was this a trend? Was it a phenomenon? Was it a really well-guarded secret? And so in terms of what's gone on in this 30-year anecdotal qualitative study is that I'm hearing there are more and more affairs, that women are very young and embarking on an affair, say they're engaged, married. And I think what's fascinating is that the affair is really a journey for these women. And it's not that they walk down the aisle saying, gee, will I have an affair during this marriage or will I have an affair when I vowed to this man that I will be faithful, but that as life changes and gyrates, that this is something that many women view as a a form of self-care. This is a story that is, you know, as old as time itself, absolutely. Men and women have had affairs. And do, do women look at it now as being not so much an indulgence, but that a right? Is that how affairs have differed from those in the past? Well, what the women are telling me, and they told me originally, but I'm hearing a remarkable um, absence of guilt or remorse in the women in the last few years whom I've spoken with. But all along, they talked about feeling entitled and feeling that they were almost in a separate experience. So they were good wives or good partners. They were good mothers if they had children. They were conventional. And then on, you know, the seventh day of the week, they would be a lover who had a lover. And what they would get from this lover is whatever was missing from the primary relationship. So very few women have said to me, oh, yeah, my lover and my husband or my partner are very similar. More than that, they'll say, here's what's missing in the marriage, and this is what my lover offers. I just think this is fascinating because men, of course, have had, you know, they've been almost bold about, you know, extramarital affairs um, throughout, uh, you know, many, many years. And they haven't really been viewed, men haven't been viewed as being the, the party uh, that's doing, you know, the wrong, you know, I think they've, they, uh, it somehow the views have changed about women in our society related to this subject. What are the views today versus on, about women having affairs? Well, yes and no on changing views. I mean, you and I, we live in a patriarchal culture, we'll die in a patriarchal culture. And within that realm, there is always male supremacy. And so while there have been great gains for women, will there ever really be parity? Will there ever be equality? Not until there's equal pay for equal work. 
in a capitalistic society, in, in my view. And that filters into every aspect of a woman's life. I mean, women are still doing more of the invisible work of, you know, caring for a home and children and, you know, the sandwich generation um, studies tell us the women take care of their elderly parents more than to the men, the siblings, you know, the brothers, the sisters in these stories. And so, you know, tacit approval or better than that for a male, um, you know, infidelity has always been kind of norm. And today women trade in a currency that is similar to what men have traded in for years. You know, women are in the workplace at an impressive rate and in, you know, colleges and graduate schools and they have more autonomy. Uh, cell phones are really private phones, social media. You can find a lover. You can find an old fling. You can find an old colleague. You can do it all. So the access is greater. The attitude is stronger. Am I doing this to hurt someone? No, I'm doing it for me. And that's what we're really hearing. I read, too, in your book that the number 70%, it jumped out at me as almost this, you know, amazing number, really almost almost shocking, extraordinary, that 70% of women have some form of an extramarital affair. So tell us about the four types of affairs that fall under this uh, kind of 70% number. Right. So based on my study and ongoing research, um, they have... Four, time, four kinds of affairs that are distinctive. One is an empowering affair, and that is a bit of what I mentioned, you know, a little bit reflecting what I mentioned before, which is that women are out and about today as they've never been, and so the affair is an option for them. It's a choice. The sex-driven affair, that's pretty self-explanatory, but in that category, the women have told me, women of all ages, that what's really missing is the kind of sex they want or having enough sex or there's no sex. And so they're looking, and this does seem a little bit the way that men have operated, which is that they find a lover and it's all about sex. And if it becomes emotional, the women move away. So these are really serial affairs. And then there are love affairs, which are really the opposite. And those are the trickiest of all because an affair of this kind is where a woman is okay. Her life is okay. She has her husband or partner. She has her life. She walks across the room at a party. She meets a man where she runs into a man from her past, or she's somehow stunned by who is standing there. And it's really a thunderbolt. And she's taken out of her status quo and really catapulted into a very triangulated situation where she's with this man whom she loves and in many cases loves her husband or primary partner too. And then self-esteem affairs, which I think women of every age talk about. And that is where the lover really pays attention to the women in a way that they don't feel they're getting from the husband or partner. So they don't feel invisible. You know, ageism, sure, over 40, over 50, yeah, this is really very magical for the women. But also younger women are saying, wow, this lover just makes me feel really, really special. With respect to the love affairs, uh, the type of affair, 
Is that often a, a catalyst uh, for women to leave a marriage or a, a long-standing relationship? Is they what, what happens with these affairs? Do do they often end in divorce? Do they stay together? Do people want to work this out? <laughs> it's about fifty-fifty, which for a long time reflected the divorce rate in America. Um, you know, you'd get married, you had a you know close to fifty percent chance it would work. So I exactly based on my newest research, fifty two percent stay in the you know they have the affair, the affair keeps going, but they stay. Forty eight percent of the women leave the marriage or a long standing relationship, but only thirty five percent of the women end up with their lover. And so often he's really a bridge to another world. He is taught these women or another way of living and he has taught the women the lover what she can and can't have in the marriage hey it's paul i mentioned our sponsor today harry's created for a different shaving experience you know the full line of harry's shaving products is, is amazing and it's helped me create the new me in the new year that's right if you're interested in a new you in the new year approach to grooming and shaving Harry's has it all. Whether you want to go from pool paddler to competitive swimmer or be the innovator who brings back the soul patch, our Not Old Better Show audience will absolutely remember the soul patch, Harry's has the tools for your closest, cleanest shave ever. Over the last several weeks, I've been using the Harry's razor, the Wildlands body wash, Harry's bar soap with energizing fruits and spices, and Harry's foaming shave gel with aloe. These products all smell great in the shower. They keep me fresh and clean, and they work amazingly well. The razor in particular is weighted just slightly, giving it the proper heft in your hand for precise shaving and the quality of the shave is excellent. I keep my shaving pretty close, you know, with no beard or no soul patch. <laughs> and Harry's razor and blades make it happen fast and clean. Their blades are made in their own factory in Germany and hold up better than ever. Guys who've tried it say their eighth shave is as sharp as their first. I got the Truman Shave Kit Trial, and the Truman Shave Trial Set is a $15 value for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash nob. It includes a five-blade German-engineered razor, weighted hand, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover. You get quality shave all year around with just a $3 Harry's trial set. With Harry's, you have everything you need for a great shave and nothing but that. Don't waste any more time comparing brands. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. So, no matter how your new year and new you is, you just got to look sharp all year long with Harry's. That's right. Remember, it's the new year, new you. So, get a $15 Truman Shave trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes today, but remember, that's harrys.com slash NOB for a $3 trial set. Check it out. Thanks, everybody. We are with Susan 
Shapiro Barish. Susan Shapiro Barish has written this wonderful, excellent new book entitled A Passion for More Affairs That Make or Break Us. Um, again, thank you for sharing it with me. I've read it. I, I really found it enlightening, very interesting. And certainly from a man's perspective, it it was it was great to read this. The praise, though, is coming in from all corners. Mira Lester, author of The Marriage Devotional, says about the book, a must-read for anyone who wants to understand how we change in marriage and how marriage changes us. I liked that that quote. I thought that was great. So, Susan uh, Shapiro-Barish, uh, l- let's talk about my age group. I'm I'm 65. Many of my audience will be uh, in that 60 plus age range. And women in their 50s and 60s are engaging in extramarital affairs too. Uh, some leave their marriages, some stay. Um, you refer to this as kind of gray affairs. So tell us a little bit about what contributes to these gray affairs, you know, in the sense of you know, perhaps perhaps COVID even has some bearing on this longevity. Um, maybe women are waking up to their needs over over age fifty and sixty. But t- talk to us a little bit about these gray affairs. Well, the gray affair is fascinating, if I say so myself. And I really sort of coined it because um, there has been so much in the last maybe fifteen years or so about the gray divorce. And I know that a study that came out by ARP um, found that. I think 66% of older women precipitate a divorce. And actually, two, uh, three out of four women precipita- of any age precipitate a divorce in America. But the idea that women over 50 or 60 are saying, I would like to embark on an affair, or I've run into this old fling, or I'm in a different age at a different age now, and actually I want more, not less than I've had, or I've been with this man for three or four decades, and you know what? I've had enough, but I'm not leaving him. Uh, There are financial reasons. There are many reasons that have to do with family. Someone's mother is still alive. Um, Adult children and their children really depend on this this cohesive couple, Uh, and you know that the boomers are extremely connected to their adult children. We know that there are a lot of studies on that. So what we're seeing is women who, again, really like at any age, would like to have the experience and uh, really yearn for what this can give them. And so they're just as really excited, compelled, and satisfied because of the affair as women who are younger. And actually, my research went all the way to women in their early 80s. You write about Vivian, who's 50 years old. She lives in a metropolitan area. I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about Vivian and what what she experienced. So, Vivian is, I'm going to tell you. Oh, before we talk about Vivian, Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to say one thing. Yeah, um, about ageism. Is that okay? Yeah, most most definitely, please. women, you know, women... Women have spoken for so long about feeling absolutely invisible mm-hmm. and invisible, like in personal relationships, you know, in family structure and invisible in terms of how society treats women of a certain age that we just feel 
you know, women start to feel really like they don't count and that they're job on earth is sort of over. And I think that women such as Vivian telling us that they want more and are, you know, Vivian is someone who I think is happy with her marriage or has been. And, you know, they, people stay, women stay because of the obligation that, as I said early on, when we began today, the um, role of the good girl, the, you know, the pleaser. And so she, you know, she had, she's had affairs off and on over time. And she has, I know that she was with someone who wasn't married, but committed to someone. And she spoke of having no guilt and of doing something that a lot of the women in my study speak of, which is using almost a splitting mechanism so that you end up, you know, having this affair but it's just compartmentalized. And so it doesn't really affect the other parts of your life, except maybe to make you actually happier and more pleasant, which is really interesting. So, you know, leave, you know, leaving a long-term marriage is very tough. And the older women get, the harder it might be to leave, as I said, because of adult children, grandchildren, um, finances for sure. And, Yet these, her affair really pushed her to to move forward and to, to finally have the, the guts to leave. And I think that that's very interesting that that she was that the lover and other women have reported this too, not just Vivian. The idea that the lover is somehow um, able to catapult you into a better place. Yeah, I, th- I thought Vivian was a, a a real good example. I just I want to encourage. Um, our audience to check this wonderful book out from uh, Susan Shapiro uh, Barish, our guest today. The title of the book again is "A Passion for More." All of these um, amazing interviews that you've you've conducted, uh, Susan Shapiro Barish. I, I wonder if you'll tell us a little bit more about maybe my audience in relation to affairs, particularly women who might be undergoing menopause, because I think that's relevant to our audience too. And you know, it's during this period that hormones, you know, might be out of whack and perhaps, um, you know, mood swings might might affect relationships um, and and that relationship with their husband might send them in this direction because they they do want more. They want a little bit more attention elsewhere. And I wonder if you'd tell us a little bit about affairs during menopause. If you if you came across research that led you to um, understand that subject a little bit. Yeah, the women were saying to me at that age, they were saying, look, you know, I'm really going through something and I feel very unsexy. But then they'll meet this man or they'll even pursue it, someone they might know at work or, you know, know from a time past or meet inadvertently or deliberately. I mean, the women really, some of the women really do purposely seek out a lover. And they find this person and it makes all the difference. It's really an experience that gets them through menopause in some cases, women of that age have told me that they actually appreciate their husband more and their lifestyle more because of the lover, which I think is really telltale in terms of what this can do for you. 
also, you know, this is a bit different, but I mean, a different sort of path. But I don't want to get off your show, Paul, without telling you that this is going to be a podcast on iHeart. On I read that. Yeah. I've, yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. It's called, they're called. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. It, it's based go, you go on right the ahead, book. please. Yeah. Uh, it's inspired uh-huh. by the book, and it's called "She Wants More." Oh, I love that title. And they're yes. speaking with women of what made me think of it is they're they're speaking with women of all different ages about their experience, and several of these real live interviews, real women, real stories, um, are the women are t- and some are from the book, and others are not, but many of them are talking about what the affair does for them and the risk reward of the affair. Right. And and so I, I will definitely put links so that our audience can find uh, the information about about you, uh, Susan Shapiro-Barish, about your new book and the new podcast. Congratulations on all you're doing. So let, let's talk a little bit about Thank Valentine's you. Day. Really yeah, excited. I think this is all really good stuff. We do need to understand this, especially men need to understand this. And Valentine's Day is, is coming up. It's approaching. It's uh, Valentine's Day is for lovers. So I guess the question really is, you know, who might women be celebrating with this Valentine's Day? I suppose women of of all ages now are are choosing. Will, will it be a lover or a husband? And it's it's probably a trigger. I've I've read that you you talk about Valentine's Day as being this trigger, perhaps to to face who you are <laughs> and what you really long for. Yes, and and it, it truly is because it just underscores how much our society relishes romantic love. And we live a long time. I know you mentioned um, longevity earlier in our interview. As we go on decades and decades, the longing for romance really does not fade. And so (laughs) enter the lover. It's, It's all about what's really missing from the marriage. Or the primary relationship. And Valentine's Day, well, you know how they say after Christmas and after summer, the divorce divorces are filed because women have endured an unhappy Christmas with the family but didn't want to break up the family. And the same goes for summer, summer vacation. Valentine's Day can be a trigger for really facing what you have and don't have with your partner or, you know, your husband. And then again, there's a lover lurking. And so this is not for everyone. I neither, you know, I neither condemn nor nor condone. What I'm saying is as a journalist, I know that this is happening more and more than we think, or then, you know, women are really going to, say publicly. Mm-hmm. Women are really good at keeping the secret, Paul. <laughs> and COVID presented... Very yeah, yeah. We, I think we we need to learn more about this, Susan Shapiro-Barish. Absolutely, we, we, we men do. <laughs> and I think right. that COVID presented all of these opportunities for, you know, kind of these private affairs, kind of keeping some secrets, perhaps. And 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 you talk about this when you talk about affairs of the mind. So maybe tell us 
about affairs of the mind. And was this more rampant during COVID? It really was cyberspace affairs, women at Mm -hmm. home with their, Mm -hmm. you know, laptops and looking around, being with a husband or a longstanding partner and suddenly noticing how he crunches on pretzels or, you know, whatever habits have never even been obvious before because the kind of time that you're with this person is much more condensed and prolonged. And so the women would be in touch, you know, by virtual affairs. And these are emotional affairs. I'm often asked, are emotional affairs meaningful? Are they the same? They're really meaningful. The cyberspace affairs that, you know, were more prevalent and really became more popular during COVID for women of all ages and a lot for women over 50 are, of course, affairs because the litmus test is if you're confiding in this person, if you're emotionally connected to this person, if you are crossing the line, you are crossing the line. So it doesn't have to be that you're meeting in a hotel room and it be physical. It's much more about what's shared with the lover, however you share it. And and that could come easily via a face-to-face or uh, kind of a Zoom-to-Zoom connection with someone. Exactly, Uh or a FaceTime Uh or frantic, um, you know, frantic sexual encounters that are in cyberspace. I've interviewed women about that. In fact, a few women over 60 about that. Yeah, I think this is just a wonderful book. Uh, So helpful, I think, especially for our times. Yeah, Susan Shapiro-Barish, of course, our guest today. Final question for you, Susan Shapiro-Barish. Should men be worried at this point? You know, um, what advice do you have for us, uh, those of us uh, that are the the other gender, as we're kind of looking at this and looking at our partners and trying to perhaps keep things together, but also find um, a good balance? Well, as I said earlier, the women are really very good at keeping it a secret. So it is only when a woman wants to renegotiate her marriage based on my research that she actually confronts her partner or husband and says, look, I've been having this affair because I can't get X and Y from you and I'm getting it from the lover, but I want it from you. And the men today, very recently, the men have been able to say, okay, Let's let's try and work on this together. Whereas in the old days, you know, there was such shame if a woman had an affair. There was such punishment. There were so many judgments. Men would completely end the relationship, a marriage or a committed relationship. And that's not what's happening now. The men are really able to hear it differently. And I think that that's a very positive move in terms of enlightened men. Susan Shapiro-Barish, a journalist, American author of 13 nonfiction women's issue books, including Tripping the Prom Queen and the new book by Susan Shapiro-Barish entitled A Passion for More, Affairs That Make or Break Us. Thanks for your generous time today, Susan Shapiro-Barish, and for writing this book and uh, for all you're doing. Congratulations again. Congratulations on the new podcast on iHeart, She Wants More. We'll put links so that our audience can find that, as Thank well as so a much. link to a passion. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. And uh, again, congrats. And please come back as you as you do more work on this, because I know our audience will be interested in this on an ongoing basis. Thank you, Paul. A pleasure to be here. 
My thanks to Harry's, created for a different shaving experience for sponsoring today's show. My thanks to Susan Shapiro-Barish for her time, expertise, and willingness to read from her new book, A Passion for More, Affairs That Make or Break Us. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well and be safe, which I am mentioning in every show because I want to bring attention to the issue of assault rifles, which aren't safe in anyone's hands but the military and law enforcement. Assault rifles are killing our children and grandchildren in the very places they learn, schools. Please, let's work together to eliminate assault rifles and let's do better. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and I will see you next time.